and welcome to Northwoods. We are so glad you decided to join us today. If this is your first time with us, we'd invite you to text the word new to the number on your screen. And one of our pastors is gonna reach out and connect with you sometime this week. For everyone joining, we would love for you to get out the Northwoods app right now and fill out the connection card. You can let us know where you're attending from. You can ask questions in the connection card. Um, you can get information on anything that's announced today throughout service. So be sure to check that out in the Northwoods app. Well, you know what? It is Baptism Sunday, and we are so excited. This is that next step. When you have accepted Christ in your heart and you've made that decision to follow him and to lean into him, this is the next step, getting baptized. That's what Jesus calls us to do, and we are so excited. So stick around. Once once the service ends, um, they're going to go and get ready, but that doesn't mean that the service is over. So when John releases people to go and get ready, you stick around. We're going to have some worship, and then everyone's going to come back, and you're going to be able to watch this incredible experience in people's lives. So stick around and watch those baptisms. Yes, and if you're here today specifically to see someone get baptized, we would love to know that. So maybe put it in the chat that, hey, I'm here, and my brother or my friend, and let us know who they are. We want to celebrate with you and with them for that, for taking that step of of declaring their faith. And so, again, we're just excited that you're here today. If there is anything that you might like prayer for, you can reach out um, by clicking the get prayer button, say hi in the chat, and it's going to be a great service. Hey, good morning, Northwoods. Let's stand to our feet. This morning, we're going to sing a new song, and it goes like this. There's an echoing in the spirit. If you listen closely, you'll hear it. Oh, what a sound as broken shackles hit the floor. There's a symphony in the making. There is freedom here for the taking. Oh, what a sound as broken people are restored. Oh, what a sound of your people singing.
Before you are seated, turn to someone 
and say, glad to see you. Give them a high five, fist bump, whatever is appropriate for the person next to you. Yeah. Say hello. All right. Thank you so much. Was that a great song or what? Come on. Well, my name is Gary, one of the pastors here, and I just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for being a welcoming community. Maybe some of you are new, you've never been here before, maybe you're a little worried right now. That's all right. We'll we'll walk with you, we'll help you through all of that. Celebrating today, Believer's Baptism. See the tanks up here, we're excited about all that. So if you are brand new, brand new with us today, um, just want to give you a special word of welcome. Maybe you're new and joining us online, or maybe you're here in the room with us. But whatever the case, let us know. Just text new to the number shown on the screen and uh, just indicate that. We'd love to begin a, a conversation with you that works for you. So we, we will not uh, encroach into your territory or uh, scare you. We just want to connect with you and answer any questions and get to know you. Also, if you are a member of this family, this uh, faith-filled family called Northwoods Community Church on a regular basis, we would love for you to connect as well. Use the app uh, on your phone. Pull that out. Find your Northwoods app the connect, connection card feature and just let us know that you're here. Again, if you have any questions, if you have any prayer requests, please let us know. But what's important to us is everyone here is connected and uh, we just don't want anybody here alone or lonely, any of that. We just want people to feel the love of Jesus in every possible way. So welcome. A couple ways uh, that we're going to be connecting with uh, each other throughout this month that are important to us First one is just a few days away, we're going to be celebrating uh, Valentine's Day. And here at Northwoods, we're going to be offering a Valentine's Day banquet. And it's important for us to know because coming up this Saturday already on the 11th, and registration will be closing today. And I just want to say that, uh, that's an important detail. So registration will end today for this. Now, let me give you some details. Again, uh, for, uh, for all of our couples, married or otherwise, we want you to come out and enjoy it. We got plenty of room. We're going to have a fantastic meal, uh, including beef and, and everything to go with it. All of that stuff is going to be fantastic at a great price, by the way, uh, for less than a price of a tank of gas and a couple dozen eggs, 60 bucks. All right. You can enjoy a banquet for two right here uh, among friends. And if you don't have any friends that you know of that'll be here, bring them along. So invite them to join you. And uh, I know that uh, you'll have a great time. So it's going to be a light evening with, you know, there won't be uh, just, again, it's going to be comfortable, just relationship building, uh, easygoing, have a 10-piece swing band. Yeah, swing band. I guess that's it. And so if you like that style or not, or if you like to dance or not, either way, just come out, you'll enjoy it and have a great time Saturday night. Also, later this month on the 24th and 25th, that's a Friday, Saturday, we will be offering our um, Setting Captives Free conference. So there's a couple ways you can engage with that. If you would like to be a part of the ministry team, we would love to have you do that and to minister to people that would be here and just learn a whole lot more and be involved with uh, really deeper deliverance from some of the, some of the things that, that we deal with in life. Uh, there's a lot of problems that we face as we, as we go through each and every day. And some of those things, you know, God just wants, he just wants to heal those, right? We need to speak the name of Jesus over those things. And so that's, that's what it's all about. Therefore, if you want to receive that as well, uh, that'll be a time. So you can go to uh, northwoods.church forward slash freedom, 
and you can get more information about the Setting Captives Free Conference. It's going to be a great event. Last thing I want to leave you with is just a word of encouragement and as, as well as a word of thanks. Um, all of our ministries here at Northwoods, at this campus, our Canton campus, our partners are around the region, around the world. A lot of ministry happens um, because of the faithful giving, the resources that are giving from this congregation. It's incredible uh, what happens there. And I just so thank you uh, for your obedience and your cheerfulness in giving. We often remark around some of the leadership tables here that this is among the most generous church any of us have ever known. Uh, very, very generous. And so those resources go to make a difference in a lot of people's lives here and abroad. So thank you for that. And if you're not sure how to give, there's so many ways, and we want to make it accessible for all of you. If you're in this room right now, we have giving boxes. If you actually have paper or cash or whatever, you can do that right here. If you want to text, you can give to the number that's on the screen. You can use the digital tools. You can go to our website. You can use the mail, whatever works for you. Uh, we just want to engage. If you ever have any questions on giving, the type of giving that you would like to consider, you can also connect with our business uh, office here at Northwoods. So thank you again so much for that. And I just want to leave you on that note. And before I leave, let's pray together. God, we are so grateful for your love. And as we just sang that song just a few minutes ago, we thank you, Jesus, for the power and the hope and the love that you give each of us. Your name. There is no other name by which men can be saved. And so we thank you for that. The truth of, of your word that you give to us the love that we receive, the grace that we enjoy every day. So we commit ourselves to you today and the rest of this service to follow in the obedient act of those that will be baptized. And pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Northwoods. It's great to see all of you. And come on, put your hands together. It's Baptism Sunday. We got some celebrating to do today. And uh, we're going to get to that here in just a little bit near the end of uh, the service. And uh, before I hop in today, I want to be ask you, I want to ask you to be praying, church, for my wife, Michaela. She is now two weeks out from the due date of our fourth child. And so uh, we're excited. I got my brother, Nathan. He is basically on call for the next two weeks if something were to happen. So you'll, you'll see him up here at some point. Uh, he's just going to shift whatever date he's speaking in February to help us out. With that, So if you think about Michaela, be praying for her. And uh, I want to invite you back next week because the series we're starting next week, I really, I've been excited about this series. You know, we spent all of January talking about prayer. And this next series we're going to start at next Sunday, uh, I've titled it, When to Stop Praying. And, uh, you know, because I think the Bible tells, obviously the Bible tells us to pray continually, but God also makes clear there are certain stories in the Bible, there are places where God told people basically stop praying and start moving. Stop using prayer as a cop-out and I want you to start acting out in faith and step out. And so I'm looking forward to this series and if you've ever wondered if there's a time to stop praying, I wanna encourage you uh, to make sure you're here next week as we kick off that series. But today, like I said, we celebrate Baptism Sunday and all those who will accept forward in obedience to Jesus and be baptized. And so people are going to come up here and get in these tanks and get soaking wet in front of the entire church, which inevitably leaves some asking the question. I've heard this question from many people before. Why do people 
get up in front of other people and allow someone else to dunk them underwater. Like, why do churches do that? And if that's a question in your mind today, let me just admit that at face value, it can seem a little odd. But I have realized there are many things in life that if you just take them at face value, they can seem strange at first, but when you look into the history of how they came to be, you find that many times there is a backstory that brings about meaning. For example, uh, a few months ago, I came across a law that's on the books in the state of Arizona. This is a crazy law. According to a law passed in 1924, allowing your donkey to sleep in a bathtub is illegal. This is on the books in the state of Arizona. So if you have a donkey and you allow it to sleep in your bathtub, you're a criminal. You're a criminal, you have broken the law. Now, will you get prosecuted for it? Probably not, but it's on the books. Now, when you hear that, when I hear that, we go, that seems really, really strange. What is going on there? Why is that law even there? But if you look up how that law came to be, it actually makes a little bit of sense. The story goes, I, I read this, that back in the 1920s in Arizona, a rancher had a donkey that frequently slept in an abandoned bathtub on his property. But then one day a local dam broke and the water from the reservoir washed this bathtub with the donkey in it down into a basin. And so local authorities were called to help him rescue this donkey. And as you can imagine, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to do. It required a lot of effort and manpower to finally get this animal out of this basin. And so after they finished with this, to prevent this from ever happening again, somebody somewhere said, we need to pass a law that says donkeys can no longer sleep in bathtubs. And in the 1920s, when it was instituted and for those involved, it was like, okay, it makes a little bit of sense. But for those of us today, 2023, who don't know the backstory, it sounds pretty odd and strange. And I think, you know what, it's the same way with baptism. That taking at face value, it can seem odd, but it makes much more sense when you understand the backstory. Why, why God instituted this, why, why God said, this is something I want the church to do until I return. I want you to baptize people. And so with our time today, I wanna to help bring understanding to why people get baptized. And hopefully in the process, explain why you, if you haven't been baptized, should be. Now, uh, I just wanna say before we jump into the few of these reasons why, a couple of these reasons, some of you here have already been baptized as a believer. Many of you here have already been baptized as a believer. And you may be saying sometimes, I don't know, but when you, when you come to these Sundays, you say, you know, I've been baptized. This is a message I'll check out for. But I want you to, I want you to hold up for a minute. Because that, for those of you who have been baptized, as an expression, a profession of your faith in Jesus, I want you to understand that your baptism was not solely an event that took place on a weekend past. It was meant to be an event that you look back to, continually look back to in your walk with the Lord and you draw from. And I'm gonna explain more of what I mean by that as we continue. So let's dive in this morning. I'm gonna show you three reasons why not only people are baptized, but also why 
you should be baptized if you have not. So here's the first reason. Reason number one, you should be baptized to obey Jesus' command. To obey Jesus' command. Why do people get baptized? This is why they do it. To obey what Jesus instructed us to do. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, this is a very famous passage of scripture. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So in this passage, Jesus, this takes place after he had uh, been on the cross. He died for our sins and risen again. And, and he says to his disciples, and I want to focus on one word for just a minute. He says, go. You saw he said, therefore, go and make disciples. He said, go. I want to reflect, reflect on that word go for just a moment. Because church, this tells us that the people of God are meant to live with a go mentality. There's action. We move. We live on mission. We have a heart to see people who do not know Jesus introduced to him. We live with a go mentality. We want to see people find complete freedom in Jesus. I remember when I was in college, there was a large pond on our campus. And, uh, you know, when I first got there my freshman year, this was a pond where, you know, you could go swim. There was a beach there where people could play volleyball. But through my four years in college, by the time I got to the end, they ended up posting basically a keep out sign around that pond. And I'm not sure all that, that caused the issue, but basically they said you cannot swim in this pond because it is full of bacteria. And it actually began to smell. It was nasty. And come to find out uh, why this happened, it was because of stagnant water. There was no, there was no, there was no movement in this water at all, and it smelled and it, be, it became infected with bacteria. And like that pond, I think it's the same is true of churches when they lose their sense of mission and their go mentality, their heart for those who don't know Jesus. They can become stagnant, they begin to stink, and become a breeding ground for spiritual infections. So we're to remember that Jesus is coming back one day. And he tasked us with going and inviting people to follow Jesus as we do. That means we live with a go mentality. We're to go and plant churches. One of the ways to do that, go and plant churches across this nation and around the world. We're gonna go across our streets and engage with our neighbors. We're gonna go and invite people to come gather with us here on Sundays. We're gonna go across the room, across the aisle, across the row and connect with others. We live here at Northwoods with a go mentality. This comes from Jesus. He said, go. So he says, go. Go and do what? What are the people of God to go and do? He said, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Go and make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. So make disciples. Call others to give their life to Jesus and follow him. Then he said, baptize them. Baptize those who have given their lives to Jesus. And then teach them. Teach them to obey everything he has commanded in his word. This is what the people of God do. And I want you to understand, if you look at that, that passage, the order is important. There's an order. It's make disciples, call people to come and follow Jesus, surrender their life to him and follow him, 
make disciples, baptize them, then teach them. I think the order is extremely important. And based upon this reality here at Northwoods, we believe the biblical pattern, say this every time on Baptism Sunday, of baptism is what we call believer's baptism. Meaning that first a person places their faith in Jesus Christ, then as an expression of their faith, they are baptized. We believe that's the biblical pattern. So maybe you're here and you say, well, uh, I was baptized, but I was baptized as an infant. My parents had me baptized. Does that mean that you know, what, what they did was wrong? I want you to hear me very clear, clearly. Uh, I really appreciate what your parents did for you because that shows that your parents had a heart to thank God for your life and the desire to have God be central in your home. I'm thankful for that, and I think you should be too. But if you've been baptized as an infant, I want you to understand, it wasn't an expression of your faith. It was an expression of your parents' faith. A six-month-old can't declare they want to follow Jesus. So if you've been baptized as an infant and today are walking with the Lord because of a decision you made, but have not been baptized since you made that decision, I believe Jesus would call you to get baptized as an expression of your faith. Are you a disciple of Jesus? The answer is yes, then Jesus' instruction is to be baptized. Baptized. Now, one other thing here I also like to touch on, just just so everyone's clear, that when Jesus said, I want you to go make disciples, baptize them, what does he mean when he says baptize? Well, that word there means to be, if you look at it in in the original language, it means to be immersed. It means to dip or plunge something, uh, we could say, into liquid. That's what we see in the New Testament. And this is why we have tanks full of water up here. You know, some denominations, churches do it differently. Some sprinkle people, some, you know, pour water over uh, over people's heads. And while we'll still use those methods in the event that someone is unable to be immersed, we do believe that the biblical mode of baptism is by immersion. You know, it reminds me of the story of the young boy who one day decided he was gonna baptize his cat. And so he grabbed his cat with him, he took took this cat back to the bathtub, and uh, he started filling up the bathtub. And as he's filling up the bathtub and holding this cat, some of the water from the bathtub, as he's filling it up, splashed up and basically sprinkled this cat and you know how cats are around water. When that cat got sprinkled, it immediately, it went crazy, got out of his arms and just ran down the hall. And as that cat was running off, the boy said, fine, be a Methodist. <laughs> now listen, <laughs> we don't yell at those who do it other ways, but we believe the biblical mode is by immersion. And we will do that today. So why do people get soaking wet? They, they do it, and you should be baptized to obey Jesus' instruction. Here's another reason why you should be baptized if you haven't. Reason number two, to publicly express your faith in Jesus. Now this is implicit in many of the passages regarding baptism in the New Testament. In fact, on the day the church was born, the apostle Peter got up and preached, and the Bible says that people were cut to the heart And they said, what should we do? And it says in Acts 2.38, Peter replied, repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand, again, here's the order. We just talked about this. Repent and be baptized. The order is important. First, repentance, and faith is implied there, and then baptism. And I also want you to understand, this passage isn't saying that it's somehow repentance plus baptism that saves someone. No, if you look at the whole of the Bible, it's your repentance. When you turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus, you are saved. We don't believe in in what theologians would call baptismal regeneration. We don't believe that baptism is what saves you. It's turning away from your sin and placing your faith in Jesus that saves you. So, But I want you to understand that repentance speaks to a change of heart and mind. I'm choosing to repent of my sin and place my faith in Jesus Christ. And that takes place in our hearts. But baptism is a public expression of your heart's decision. So it says in Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Can you imagine 3,000 people being baptized in one day? That would have been pretty cool to see. And this was a public expression of a change that had taken place in people's hearts. You know, when I first started in full-time ministry, I served as a youth pastor over in Galesburg, Illinois, and uh, we used to have a multi-site there. Many of you know that. They've since become an autonomous church. They've been a church plan of ours, uh, Ascent Church. They're meeting this morning. And, uh, but when I was there, I was serving as the youth pastor, and one day, one of the students in, in our youth group came up. He was 18 years old, and he came to me and said, hey, would you be willing to marry my parents? And I said, well, um, I had never done a wedding at this point. I was like, well, uh, um, uh, is this something that you want to happen or is this something that they desire to happen? Like, uh, you know, let's, let's start there. And he said, well, as my, my parents want to be married. So I said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk then. I'd love to chat with them. So come to find out, his parents had been living together for over 30 years. They had three kids but had never gotten married. And again, they were, their son had just, he had just started coming to the church. They really had no experience growing up in the church, uh, were very, very new uh, to the faith. This whole Jesus thing was like, what, what, what is going on here? What, what is this? And uh, so I kind of explained to them, you know, the, the way you did this really is kind of backwards, you know, and when it comes to the Bible, you know, it's marriage comes first. I get married and then you consummate the relationship, you know, we move in together and then we can talk about kids. But I want to help you. I want to help you get this thing right in the eyes of Jesus and in, in the eyes of God. So I agreed to marry them, and we planned it to happen in Knoxville, Illinois, if you've ever been to the small town of Knoxville. And it was at the large, there's a large gazebo in the center of town there. So we just said, well, you know, we'll, we'll, well here's the date. We'll, have, we'll get married in the gazebo center of town. And family and friends, they can just bring lawn chairs. I mean, it wasn't some big... Uh, you know, shindig, organized thing. It was just like, we're going to the gazebo. It's going to be a 10-minute wedding, and uh, we'll all clap, and we'll go eat some cake, and we'll go home. So on the day of the wedding, the father, he pulls up on his Harley, and uh, I will never forget, he pulls up, and he comes up to me, and he is sweating bullets. 
And he goes, man, I am so, so nervous. And I'm thinking like, really? Like this, I mean, it's a pretty laid back wedding. I mean, there's like 10 people here, including you and me, you know, sitting in lawn chairs and you've, you know, you've known this woman for over 30 years. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to be nervous about here. Uh, I thought this is a blind date or something. But I'm thinking this, but I said something like, you know, are you, are you okay? And he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Uh, this is just a really big commitment for me. And uh, I was like, okay. So, you know, one of the things I learned from my dad over the years um, is just watching my dad. Is my dad, when he'd, get, when he'd perform his weddings, he would always, he'd always kind of tell a joke because the reality is a lot of times when uh, at a wedding ceremony, a lot of people are nervous, uptight. And so it's just, hey, you're trying to lighten the mood up and say, you know what, this is a celebration in God's eyes. Let's relax. And so I was like, man, I know that my dad used to tell this joke. And I was like, I got to help this guy just loosen up a little bit. It's going to be okay. Um, and so I, 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 the joke that my dad would always tell, some of you have probably heard it, but I kind of started their wedding off this way. You know, there was a, a story about a, a man and his wife who had been married for 50 years. And uh, on the anniversary of their 50th wedding, they were asked the secret of their uh, apparently very long and successful and healthy relationship. And so the man shared, you know, he said, when we got married, we decided we we're going to set aside two nights a week where, uh, where there's, we go out for dinner, be a nice dinner under low lights, do some slow dancing, you know, dancing, and then followed by just a nice slow stroll home. Uh, and then he said, uh, my wife goes on Tuesdays and I go on Fridays. <laughs> And I'll never, I'll never forget um, when I told that joke. Obviously, he started laughing. But the, the, um, this wife-to-be over here, she used some pretty colorful language. And this isn't exactly what she said, but I told that story. And she goes, oh, heck yeah. And I said, no, no, that's, that's not what we want for you. Um, <laughs> but... I want you to understand, I was trying to help this guy with feeling like, man, I'm so nervous about this. But see, I want you to get, he inherently knew that while a private commitment to someone is, is the first thing needed and important, he knew in his heart that openly expressing that commitment, as they openly expressed that commitment to each other in a public ceremony, that this was a way of exercising and strengthening that commitment. In other words, the public commitment is more than just some tradition or ritual. It means something, not just to their kids and the family who would witness it, but to both of them as they make this commitment public. It would become a tangible event that they would look back on for the rest of their life. And they'd be able to say, on this day, we openly expressed our commitment to each other. And in the same way, I want you to see that kind of similar to a marriage ceremony, that making a commitment to the Lord in your heart is yes, it is the first thing needed. This is where faith begins. But just like that man I helped marry, when you step out and make that heart commitment public and express your faith, it's like exercising your faith and it strengthens your faith. Faith It gives you a tangible, memorable, dateable event that you can look back on and say, on this day, I openly expressed my commitment to the Lord. 
Now, I want you to hear me. I'm not saying that if you haven't been baptized that your relationship with Jesus isn't official. Uh, It is. I'm just saying that when you step out and obey Jesus' instruction to get baptized, and you do that in a public manner, it is a way of exercising your faith and strengthening your faith when you express it publicly through baptism. Now, for those of you who have already been baptized as an expression of your faith, Let me remind you that when you went public through baptism, it was meant to solidify in your heart and your mind that not only have you committed to the Lord, but that he is committed to you and that there is no doubt that you are a child of God. So I want you to think about this because you see, sometimes we go through life and there are times when we feel like less than a child of God. Maybe you're here today and, and that's you. I just, I just feel less than. I feel like I'm not good enough. Uh, I, you know, we sin, we confess it, but then the enemy comes and condemns us. You know, see, you aren't a child of God. A child of God wouldn't have done that. You know, it wouldn't have done that. You aren't saved and you aren't one of his. And what happens is we can lose our confidence before the Lord. But your baptism was meant to be a tangible event that happened at a specific time and place where it was marked in your eyes and in the eyes of heaven that you surrendered your life to Jesus and are one of his. It was meant to be something that you look back on time and time again and draw from. When you feel that condemnation, you look back and say, no, 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 hold up, hold up. February 5th, 2023, it was marked. I am a child of God, and I went, I went public with that. We are committed to each other, and I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. So it's something that you look back on and draw from. I think this is why it's important that if, you, if you've been baptized, if you're going to be baptized today, you do something. Yes, this is, this is the marker, but I'd encourage you, like, you, you write that date down, keep a picture of it, whatever it is in your Bible. You know, when my daughter got baptized, one of the first things we did, we get her a Bible, and a Bible with her name on it, put the date in it. This is when you were baptized. It was marked. That's going to be something she looks back on over the years and reminds herself that it was marked in my eyes and the eyes of heaven that I am a child of God. So why do people get soaking wet? Why should you get baptized if you haven't been? The first reason is to obey Jesus' instruction. The second reason is to publicly express your faith in Jesus. And then here's the third reason, lastly. The third reason is to commit to the Lord's people. To commit to the Lord's people. The Bible makes the case that when you initially surrendered your life to Jesus, he baptized you and immersed you in the Holy Spirit. And you were consequently incorporated into his body, what we also call the church or the Lord's people. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So in essence, when you surrendered to Jesus, not only were you baptized in the Holy Spirit, you were, you were given the Holy Spirit. doesn't mean there, there can't be a greater release of the Spirit in your life later on, but it means that you, you got the Holy Spirit. There's not some more of the Holy Spirit out there that you have to get. When you surrendered, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But there's always going to be greater that's released through your life in that area. 
So when you're baptized, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I want you to understand, you are also added to the people of God. And similar to how you express your faith publicly through baptism, your baptism also signifies your commitment to the church or the Lord's people. In the Bible, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. And you know, I found that over the years, many through their actions, and through our actions sometimes, we can communicate, well, I'm committed to Jesus, but the whole church thing over here, the Lord's people, I ain't got time for that. No, it's me and Jesus, you know, his bride, people, I'm, nah, too much craziness goes on over there, I'm good. But I want you to think about this, as the church is the bride of Christ, I want you to think about it like this. If you came to me and said, hey, John, you know, I really enjoy uh, our friendship. I, I enjoy being around you. I value the relationship. But, uh, man, I just can't stand your wife. I'd be like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Like, my, my wife is, is, a, is a part of me. She's my bride. Would that be an issue for me? Yes. If you have a relationship with me, it prefigures that you're on board with my wife too because she's a part of me. And so when we get baptized, it signifies that not only are we committed to Jesus, but we're one with and committed to his people, AKA the church. See, the Christian life is meant to be lived in fellowship with other people. What does fellowship mean? Well, I just always thought of it, it's fellows in a ship, right? It's, it's people doing life together. It's people uh, who care for one another, suffer together, rejoice together, pray for one another. Right now, this is fellows in the ship right here, right? We're, we, are we are people that come together, we worship the Lord together, we care for one another. So when you get baptized, it's also saying, yes, I, I'm publicly expressing my faith in Jesus, but it's signifying your commitment to the Lord's people. Baptism was never meant to be something where it's like, I just go to church and get baptized, and then I never, never engage with the Lord's people again. No, it's signifying that I have been added to the church, and I want to signify my commitment to the Lord's people moving forward. Um, so why do people get baptized, and why should you get baptized if you haven't been? Reason number one, to obey Jesus' instruction. Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptizing them. If you are a disciple of Jesus, Jesus' instruction to you is to get baptized. And really, that should be the only reason we need. If Jesus said it, we do it. But then the other reasons are we publicly express our faith in Jesus this way. And then reason number three is to commit to the Lord's people. So that's why people get baptized. That's why people come up here and they allow someone to dunk them underwater. It really is also, it's a picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he was buried and then three days later he was raised to life. And so when someone gets baptized, it also signifies that I identify with Jesus and what he's done for me. It's almost like as you, as you go back into that water, it signifies death to my old life before Jesus. When you go under, it's saying I'm buried with Jesus and as you come up, it speaks of being raised to new life with him. So, if you have not been baptized, if 
So I would just say, here, you should be baptized if you have surrendered to Jesus and if you have not been baptized as a believer. If that's you, today is the day you should step forward and get baptized. So in a moment, I'm gonna give you that opportunity. But before we do that, I wanna share Jacob's story of responding to God through baptism. Let's check out the screens. When I was in high school, I just started pouring myself into just every activity that I could. And looking back, I was finding my identity in what I was doing. I wasn't kind to people. I realized that I was just so prideful and I started to elevate myself and think of myself as better than other people. And really it was because I was so insecure and I was not confident at all. I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't feel like I was good enough. And there was a night my senior year where I was in a friend's basement and there were a couple of us and he just, he just started asking us, he's like, what do you guys think about God? And I remember at the time I'm like, I want nothing to do with this because I was living a lifestyle that wasn't in line with what God calls us to. And over time, that friend just kept talking to me over and over again about it. And I realized the Lord was really working in on my heart. So I just started to just slowly, slowly start to just come into relationship with Jesus and come to know him. When it was recommended to me that I needed to get baptized after I made the decision to start seeking after Jesus, I was, I was a bit confused and I didn't entirely understand what baptism was. As I started to think about it like and talk to people, I started to understand that baptism is a sign that I've given my life to Jesus. It's a personal um, just declaration of like, I have chosen to walk with the Lord. And that was, that was just a big thing for me, um, just to, to realize that like baptism isn't something that somebody else can decide for me. It's a decision I have to make for myself. So I remember sitting in the service with my family and then I, I went to go get ready and there was excitement, but there was also some nervousness because there was part of me that's like, what will people think when they see me get up there and get baptized? And I was just excited because just being a broken person and then going under the water and just seeing that as Jesus just washing me, completely washing me and then coming back up as a new creation. It's just incredible to see how the Lord just worked everything out. And now he has me as a servant of his working at Northwoods as our Canton campus worship leader. I'm like, it blows my mind. The Lord has just continued just to change me and teach me and help me to learn. Now I can start to pour into other people and love other people. And it's, it's amazing. I, I don't want to do anything else. I, this is what I want to continue to do. I was here and now I'm here. And I can't explain that because I didn't do it. Jesus did. Give it up for Jacob. <laughs> I'm so proud of Jacob. You know, I've gotten to witness some of his transformation. You know, if like Jacob, uh, you're ready to declare that you also have surrendered your life to Jesus and you're walking in relationship with him, then let's mark it today. Now, I want to take a moment and speak to those who are maybe listening today, whether you're whether here in the room or online, wherever you might be, and you're saying, you know, I... I don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've talked about how it starts with a relationship, and I don't, I can't say I have that. And if that's you, I just want to, I want to say to you, you know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's righteous standard. And therefore, all of us are separated from God and deserving of death. But the good news of Jesus is that on the cross, my sin, your sin, past, present, future was placed on him and he paid the price for it and three days later he was raised to life 
and he lives today. And if you will call on his name, repent of your sin, meaning choose to turn from your old way of life and place your trust in him, God will forgive your sin He will set you free from the power of sin of your life and he will give you a new beginning and place his spirit in you to empower you from this day forward. And someday you will live with him forever. That's the good news. And so if you're listening today and you say, you know what, I've got to start here. I've never even made this commitment to Jesus. I want to help you do that today. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed across the room, If that's you today, I want you to just pray this with me. You just say, Jesus Christ, I surrender. I admit that I am a sinner in need of the forgiveness that only you can offer. So today, February 5th, 2023, I choose to repent of my sin and I place my trust in you And I now choose to follow you from this day forward. I thank you that through your death and resurrection, I am a new creation and I possess the gift of eternal life. And I ask now that as your Holy Spirit takes up residence in me, that I would be filled to overflowing with your precious spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer today, again, all of heaven is rejoicing with you. And come on, church, we rejoice with you as well today. So proud of you. The trajectory of your life is, has been altered today. That is an incredible, that is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And if you prayed that prayer today, we want you to grab a yes packet in the lobby on your way out today. But I also want to challenge you to exercise that newfound faith and step out in obedience and get baptized. So now at this moment, I'm going to hand off to our Canton campus. They're going to do their baptisms over there. We love you guys. Have a great day over there. But now here on this campus, in a few moments, we're going to start baptizing. And we've taken care of everything. We got your towel give you a Northwood shirt, shorts that you can be baptized in. And so at this time, I want to invite everyone in the room to stand. Everyone in the room to stand. And you know, I just, down as we were, I have a team that I pray with on Sunday mornings. And I, one of the guys on my team was, one of the things he said that so resonated with my heart is, you know, maybe there'll be someone here today who really just thought they were coming to watch someone in their family get baptized. But you're realizing now that I need to be up there and get baptized too. And I wanted to say, if that's you today, listen to what, listen to what God's doing in your heart. Respond. And so now, if you have pre-registered to be baptized, if you have just surrendered your life to Jesus and want to respond to his instruction to be baptized, or if you're already a believer, but have never been baptized of your own accord, meaning it's your decision, I'm gonna ask you to be bold and I wanna invite you right now to step out of your row and come down front. So come on down front and as they do that, church, let's give it up for them. Come on down front right here. Come on, we love you. You don't have to be afraid. 
This is a moment where it's marked. We're proud of you. Come on. Don't, don't let this moment go by without, if you're, the Lord's speaking to your heart, you be down here. So proud of you. So proud of you. Come on. We love you. So proud of you. So proud of you. You know, again, like I just said multiple times, we are very proud of you. This is uh, an incredible decision you make making as an expression of your faith. And I want you to hear, you know, when Jesus was baptized, Jesus didn't need to be baptized to repent of his sin. He'd never sinned. But he was baptized. And the Bible says that when he was baptized, that the Father spoke, This is my Son, whom I love, and in him I am well pleased. And I want you to hear the Father saying that to you today, that this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I love, and in you I am well pleased. The Lord is pleased. He loves you. You're one of his. This moment is marked that you are a child of God. Now, before I release you to get changed, I want to talk with you for just a moment. Now, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if that is your confession this morning, I want you to say with me, Jesus is Lord. So come on, let's say it. Jesus is Lord. And then uh, I also want you to say with me, if you believe that God raised him from the dead, I want you to say, I believe. Come on, let's say it. I believe. Now, I also want to lead you in a prayer here. I want to walk you through a prayer of renunciation. You know, the Bible says that at the moment we are saved, we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so I want you to pray this with me, all those of you who are down here. Uh, church, you can pray it with them as well. You just say, uh, in Jesus' name, I now renounce Satan, all of his works, all of his ways, I renounce every lie that I have ever believed. I renounce every evil that I have ever entered into. I renounce his work in my life and I surrender myself to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to go ahead and release you. And where is, where is Chris? Where are you? Okay, right over here with the wand. I want you guys to just follow Chris. She'll take you out. You guys can go ahead and get changed. You can do that now. Just go ahead and follow her. Proud of you guys. Again, it's not too late. If you weren't down here, you still have an opportunity to do this. You just go out right now with them. Now, church, as they're going out, we can keep clapping for them. <laughs> now church they're going to go and get changed so at this time i'm going to dismiss you if you have children i'd encourage you to go get them from discovery land now uh, but if you can we'd love to have you stay around because it, as you know this is a celebration and we want we want to be here cheering them on and so 
You're dismissed. If you have kids, please go get them now from Discovery Land. And if you can, come on back, stay here. And in a few moments, we're going to start baptizing and we're going to do some celebrating. God bless you guys.
as we celebrate our brothers and sisters as they are getting baptized today. So go ahead and stick around. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. Here we go.
This is the day that they can look back on and know this is the day I went public, that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and there is no question about it. And Lord, I pray there would be no question in their heart from here on out that they are one of yours, and I would, that they would hear you saying, this is my child whom I love and whom I am pleased with. And so we thank you for what you've done, Lord. We give you all the praise. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give them a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Guys, thanks so much for staying back and for cheering them on. That's so awesome. I hope you have a great week, and we'll look forward to seeing you back next Sunday. Well, thank you for joining us. Service is over. What an incredible experience that was. I love seeing people take that step and the excitement in their faces when they go under and get baptized and they're ready for the new challenge. Well, if you have any questions about anything that you saw today or about baptisms for you or anyone else in your family, you can just text me. The number's right there on your screen. Send me a text. I'd love to chat with you and uh, answer any questions that you might have. Yeah, and we would love to invite you all back next week. We're going to be kicking off a new series called When to Stop Praying. That'll be interesting. I can't wait to hear what Pastor John has to say about that. And so be sure to tune in next week, same time. We'll see you there.